Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church you connect with, you belong here. Right now, Collective is fully online, so if you like the podcast, make sure to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We would love for you to join us. A lot of big things are going on at Collective, so make sure not to miss a week this fall as we will be sharing about how God is moving in our church and what is next for Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. When I was in college, I had a group of friends that were obsessed with pulling pranks all over campus. And for context, I went to a small Christian liberal arts college that only had about 1,200 students and was located in Johnson City, Tennessee. So on a regular basis, we would be sitting in our dorms on a Friday or Saturday night, bored out of our minds. And we begin to think, what could we do to mess with the security guards on campus? I have stories that involve fireworks, stories that involve scream masks, stories that involve tic-tacking tires, stories that involve launching oranges out of water balloon launchers at them while they drove around campus, stories that involve hopping out of a sewer only to find that security had spotted us and us running for our lives. And those stories are all for another time. But my favorite story about messing with security was the time we found four orange construction barrels on the backside of campus and chose to block their route in the middle of the night. The plan was simple. While the security guard was making his rounds, we would grab the barrels and place them in the middle of the road, blocking it off and forcing them to get out of their car to move them. But there were two surprises. The first surprise was that when they got out of their car to move the barrels, we would jump out of the bushes and drill them with water balloons. The second surprise was that we had two guys hiding in the barrels. And I'm being very serious. Two guys were in two of the barrels so that when the security guard went to move them, they would jump out, scare them, and run. Now, I'm sure you're asking yourself, who would volunteer to do that? Well, one of them is CT, who's preaching next week. He's also one of our leaders here at Collective, and he's on the management team as well. On the night of the prank, we were dressed in all black and waited for security to start driving around campus. As soon as they were out of sight, we grabbed the barrels and sprinted to our spot to set everything up. And it was all going according to plan. But then the security guard did something we didn't expect. Instead of getting out of the car and lifting the barrels, he just sat there. And then he started to reverse. But he didn't turn around. He just moved backward about five feet. And then he hit the gas and moved forward five feet. Then he did it again. Reverse for five feet, drive forward five feet. That's when we started to panic because it looked a lot like that he was thinking about driving through the barrels, which in case you forgot, our friends were still inside and would not have gone well for them. And the security guard did this for about five minutes straight and it felt like an eternity. And while he was doing the cha-cha with his car, the guys in the barrel had no idea what was going on. All they knew was that they could hear a car moving back and forth. And that's when Jonathan, who was in the barrel opposite of CT, asked from inside the barrel through the walkie-talkies that we were using, what do I do now? And we responded back, we have no idea. We didn't know what to do. We spent all this time planning on how to set up this prank, but never talked about what to actually do when the prank was happening. 
So we were kind of stuck. All right, let's pause there for a second. Yes, I'm going to leave you hanging. You'll get over it. Today, we're in week two of our series called Thankful. And the reason we're doing this series is because gratitude is underrated. And we learned last week when we choose to focus on thankfulness and set aside time to be thankful, there's a positive impact on our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. So last week, I asked the question, what are you thankful for? And I challenge you to take the time to actually write out, post, verbalize, whatever, what you are actually thankful for. And my hope is that you took the time to do this. In fact, click on the heart emoji if you did. But here's the deal. If you actually took time to wrestle with this question, to write out your answers, or even just talk about it with other people, you probably got to a point last week where you asked yourself, what do I do now? I took the time to answer the question. I wrote it down. I went to a collective last week and I talked about it with my small group. I took a moment every day to think about what I am thankful for. What do I do now? So that's what we're talking about today because I don't want you to feel like you're stuck in a barrel trying to figure out what's next. Now in the past, I've just left stories hanging without resolution and you just had to deal with it because we were in person. But because we're online and I don't want you adding me in the comments, this is how the barrel story played out. Eventually the security guard decided not to drive his car through the barrels and he got out of the car. He walked up to the barrel that Jonathan was hiding in. He lifted it up and immediately froze because he was face to face with a college kid. But Jonathan panicked and also froze. So that's when CT jumped out of the second barrel and threw it at the security card so the two of them could sprint away. The security guard, who was clearly paralyzed by fear and confusion, just stood there holding on to the barrel. And that's when we popped out of the bushes and started chucking water balloons at him. Eventually, he figured out what was going on and got back in his car, and we all started running in different directions so he couldn't catch us. And a few days later, all orange barrels were gone and locked in a building on campus. All right, so back to the question we're going to wrestle with today. What do we do now? More specifically, what do we do with our thankfulness? What action do we take? How do we express that we are thankful? Well, there are multiple ways in the Bible that gratitude is physically expressed. So just like last week, this is a super practical message on how to be thankful. And everything that we're talking about today is actually a spiritual discipline. Now, in case you've never heard that phrase before, Spiritual disciplines are practices found in the Bible that promote spiritual growth. They're habits of devotion and habits of experiential Christianity that have been practiced by followers of Jesus since biblical times. And you will see that gratitude and spiritual disciplines go hand in hand. But more importantly, everything we're talking about today is a part of what we do on Sunday mornings at Collective. In other words, Sunday morning's church is just as much about gratitude as it is about anything else, which is one of the reasons why it's so important that we're doing this online right now. And it's going to be so important one day when we join back together again, because Sunday mornings give us opportunities to express our gratitude toward God. So the first thing I want to talk about today is prayer. How can we be thankful? We pray. Colossians 4 says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. 1 Thessalonians 1 says, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. Philippians 4, 6, 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So prayer isn't just about asking God for things. It isn't just about communicating with God when you want something. A big part of prayer is thanking God for all that he's done. And listen, I know that prayer can be intimidating, but one pastor said it like this, prayer is simply talking to God like a friend and should be the easiest thing we do each day. So we pray, God, thank you for getting me through another day. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you for loving me. God, thank you for providing. And it doesn't have to be intimidating. You don't have to use special words. You don't have to clasp your hands. You don't even have to have your eyes closed because praying to God is no different than communicating with someone you love. And the beautiful thing about prayer is that you can do it anywhere, at any time, for any length. But out of the overflow of our gratitude, we pray, we talk to God, and we give him thanks for the good things in our lives. Another way to be thankful is to serve others. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So we show gratitude by using the gifts and talents that God has given us to help others. This is kind of like a pay it forward type of thing. Right after Ray and I got married, we moved to Cleveland, Ohio, so I could intern in a church plant. And while we were there, Ray was a shift manager at a local Starbucks. And one afternoon she was on the drive-thru when the person paying for their drinks decided to pay for the car behind them. And she explained she was given a gift card from a client as a thank you. And because it was worth more than one drink, she wanted to use it to brighten up someone else's day. So the next person pulled up and Ray told them, your drink is paid for. The person in front of you wanted you to have something special today. But instead of driving away, the person asked, can I pay for the person behind me? So he did. And then he went on his way. And the third person pulled up and Ray shared, your drink is paid for and explained the chain of events that was going on. And no joke, this happened for over 30 cars. It was over an hour of people paying for the person behind them. It was one person after another passing it on. And I think this is a great example of how we should serve as a way of expressing our gratitude. Side note, imagine being the jerk who just took the free drinks and left, crushing over an hour of goodness. But there are things in your life that you are thankful for. And Peter teaches us, don't just keep it to yourself. Use them to help others. This is one of the reasons we collect food at Thanksgiving every year. There are needs in Frederick County. In fact, just under 10,000 kids don't know where their next meal is coming from because they're food insecure. And over 100,000 people are served each year at the Frederick Rescue Mission. And all those stats are pre-pandemic, so you know it's just getting worse. And so there are people in our city that don't have the means to have a Thanksgiving dinner. So as a church, we want to step up and meet those needs. And we don't do this out of obligation. We don't do this out of guilt. We do this out of gratitude for what God has given us, and we want other people to feel that as well. 
And so this Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m., you can drop off a bag full of Thanksgiving meal items at the building to benefit the Frederick Rescue Mission and to help families all over Frederick have a Thanksgiving that they didn't think they would get to have. If you want more information about Saturday, you can email danielle at mycollective.church or you can check out the Facebook event that was started. So in gratitude, we serve others. Another way to be thankful is through generosity. And listen, I know that many of you listening hate when churches talk about giving and I totally get that. This wasn't actually going to be a part of the sermon today, but as I continue to do research in the Bible and in science and psychology about the topic of generosity, it couldn't be ignored that it's linked to gratitude. In fact, in the Old Testament of the Bible, the pre-Jesus time, there are countless stories of people giving an offering to God out of gratitude. And this is where the Christian teaching for giving comes from. It's called the first fruit. In Ezekiel, it says this, The first of the ripe fruits and all the gifts brought to the Lord will go to the priest. The first batch of dough must also be given to the priest so the Lord will bless your homes. Here's what's going on. It's saying you give to God first as a sign of gratitude for what he has provided to you. And this is where the Christian teaching of tithing comes from. But instead of it being fruit or livestock or bread, the Bible moves this illustration forward. And we learn that if you follow Jesus, and that's really important, if you follow Jesus... You are called to give your first fruits to God. This is called a tithe or 10%, right? And God has given to you and your response is gratitude and giving back to God because you know that he can do more with that 10% than you could do with all of it. We don't do this out of obligation. We do this out of gratitude. And I think this is really important when understanding generosity because this is how it's taught in the Bible, that when we give financially, we do so out of gratitude. There's a recent study on the topic of generosity. And what they did was they used an MRI to measure brain activity of people who had received an amount of money, whether that be from work or just a financial gift. In the study, the participants had to decide how much of their money, if any, they would give away to a local charity. And their goal was to distinguish donations motivated by gratitude from donations motivated by other factors such as guilt or obligation. So they asked each of the participants to rate how grateful they felt and how much they wanted to help these charitable causes, as well as how guilty they would have felt if they didn't help. And they found that across the participants, when people felt more grateful, their brain activity was distinct from the brain activity related to guilt and the desire to help a cause. More specifically, they found that when people who are generally more grateful gave more money to a cause— They showed greater neural sensitivity in the medial prefrontal cortex, a brain area associated with learning and decision-making. And they found that the people who are more grateful also are more attentive to how they express gratitude. In summary, the people who gave money out of a sense of gratitude were more generous. And this makes sense. This is why Jesus says that God loves a cheerful giver. And I don't think it's a coincidence that people who focus on gratitude are more generous than people who focus on themselves or on scarcity or on guilt. So when we are thankful, we focus on generosity and we give. The fourth thing to write down is that we take communion. And we learn this from Jesus. Right before he's about to be arrested, put on trial, and executed, he takes a moment with his 12 closest followers to give thanks. The story is in Matthew 26. It says this, 
As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Paul later wrote about this moment in 1 Corinthians. He wrote, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? And just to be clear, communion is all about symbolism. The bread represents Jesus' body that was broken for us. The juice represents his blood that was poured out for us. And every week we want to remember and be thankful for the sacrifice Jesus made so that we could experience grace and forgiveness. Communion is a brief moment in a hectic week where we can pause, focus on Jesus, and give thanks for what he's done and is doing in our lives. And you know this is important at Collective because every week we give you time to do this. We give you time to reflect and pause and give thanks during a brief moment of communion. But because we aren't together, this has changed a lot for us and it's something that the staff laments. We miss communion. We miss the intentional time to remember and give thanks for the sacrifice that Jesus made. So here's one thing that we're gonna do moving forward. We ordered hundreds of prepackaged communion cups and some of you actually picked them up yesterday when you grabbed your Thanksgiving bag. But if you miss that, you can come to the building this Saturday from 9 to 11, drop off the food for the Frederick Rescue Mission, and you can take home communion with you. So that moment every week isn't just a pause in the service, but an intentional time for you to give thanks. And on November 22nd, the last week of this series, we're going to end the sermon with an extended time of communion. And as long as we continue to be online, we're going to give you opportunities every month or so to come by and grab community to take home with you so you have that moment back. And I know it probably feels weird to take communion in your home, but what I want you to focus on is the act of thanksgiving, not the church tradition. And here's the last thing I want you to write down today when it comes to how to be thankful. We sing. First Chronicles 29 says, Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Psalm 7, I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Psalm 69 says, Then I will praise God's name with singing and I will honor him with thanksgiving. Psalm 95 says, Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Hebrews 12, Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. This is one of the reasons why we worship every week. This is why we sing songs about thanking God for victory in our lives and that we don't have to fight our battles alone. And we sing songs about the highs and lows of life, but God is still God and God is still good. Worship is the idea that God is worthy of being praised. It's about gratitude. It's about being thankful that God is good, that God is trustworthy, that God is loving. And because of that, we sing. In fact, today, we're going to introduce a new song. And we think it fits really well with what we're talking about today. And it's called, Father, You Are All We Need. And as you sing or just listen, it may sound a little familiar to you. 
That's because the writers of this song took the Lord's prayer and wrote the song as adoration to God. And during the song, you'll sing these words. Give us hope. Give us faith. Help us trust in your guidance. From the depths of your grace, you have richly provided. Thank you. Thank you. Father, you are all we need. There are many ways to express gratitude. But the main takeaway today is simply do it. Actually express your thanksgiving. Don't keep it internal. Don't keep it for yourself. Actually act on it and live in a way that shows that there are things in your life that are good. Things that bring joy, that provide hope, even though this season sucks and this world is hard and the pain is relentless and things don't go the way we actually want them to. There are still things to be thankful for and the good far outweighs the bad. So we pray, we serve, we give thanks, we take communion, and we sing. And we have the opportunity to do this every single week as a church. And right now that's online. In the future, it'll be together. But we have opportunities to express gratitude to a God who loves us, to, to a God who thinks we matter to a God who thinks we are so valuable that he sent his son to live a perfect life then die on a cross just so that we could have a relationship with him. And that is always something to be thankful for. The creator of the universe believes we are worth everything. And because of that, we're thankful. Let's pray. God, thank you um, that in the rough seasons of our life, um, in the highs and lows of our life, when things aren't going the way we want them to or expect them to. Um, to be honest, God, when we have fear and sadness and doubt and pain, God, ultimately those things matter, but we always have something to be thankful for, and that is the fact that you love us. God, that you pursue us. No matter how far we run from you, no matter how broken we are, no matter how messed up we are, you still love us. And you'll do anything you can to be in a relationship with us and extend that forgiveness and extend that grace to us so that our hope can be found in you and nothing else. God, I pray this week um, that maybe we start some new disciplines. God, God, I pray this week that maybe we try something new to express our thankfulness and express our gratitude to you for what you have done in our lives. God, for the relationships we have, for the opportunities we have to make a difference, for the opportunities we have uh, to grow as a community, to make an impact, uh, to have friends, God. We're just so thankful for the things you have given us. And I pray this week that we can make a tangible, actionable effort to express those things. And God, ultimately, we're thankful that you gave us the church and opportunities every week to express that gratitude. God, help us focus on that. God, help us take our mindset away from the things that we don't want or things that we don't like or the, the bad things in our life and turn them to you so that we can express that gratitude. Because God, we're thankful. We love you. Pray these things in your name. Amen.